uh, keep your Bibles out here as we're in 1 Timothy chapter 6. And here as we get to the end of February, Stewardship Month. And with that, uh, we have guests here this morning. And you walked into church on a Sunday. The preacher is talking about money. And so uh, with that, it's not what we talk about every Sunday, but it is in the Bible. And I am going to preach on it and teach on it. It is a very real part of our life. And as we learn how to manage it, we learn how to steward it, we find that we are blessed. And I am so thankful for that. And God has given us instructions in his word to help us. Uh, Because there are pitfalls that we can find along the way. You know, growing up, debt was just sort of what everybody was in. It was normal. You looked around and it was not something that you ever thought you would not be in. And here as we look into scripture, we see that there are principles that the Bible wants us to live by. The borrower borrower is servant to the lender. And the lender is not a good lender. The weight of finance is so huge. The number one cause of divorce is money. Money. The pressure, the problems the handling, the mishandling. And so here as we look at this, it's not about me getting your money. It's about me helping you to follow what God says so you can enjoy the blessings God has for you. And that truly is my heart this morning. And so uh, let's look again at our text, 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse number 6. But godliness with contentment is great gain. Now just stop there for a second. Godliness with contentment is great gain. How many of you would like to look at your portfolio and see great gain? All right? Well, let me tell you, that portfolio is going to be tied to your contentment. It will be. Because if we always have to have, it is going to impact everything there. And God says, if we have godliness and we have contentment, there is great gain right there. We don't have to have great amounts of possession to be blessed. He said, for we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us therewith, uh, let us be, uh, let us be therewith content. And so uh, we see godliness and contentment. And on that contentment, we have food and we have clothing. God says, "You have enough to be content. That's enough." He says, "But don't you hate the buts? You you say something, but." Uh Uh-oh, what's coming next? But 
they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. And this morning, uh, the teaching, the preaching, uh, this month as we have dealt with stewardship, uh, the whole emphasis isn't just about the offers. The, the emphasis is that we will understand this area of stewardship so we are not falling into a snare, a trap. One that is going to bring destruction and perdition. He goes on, for the love of money is the root of all evil. Which, while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. So here, when we look at this passage of Scripture, we find that even believers can be misled. Even believers can be lured by this trap of money. Now, money is not evil. There's nothing wrong with money. And having money is nothing to be apologetic about. There's all this guilt that goes to those who are rich like like they are some evil person because they have more than somebody else. Uh, There's nothing wrong with money. Now, I'm not rich, but I I am blessed. So blessed. But here we see that believers can be turned aside, believers uh, can covet after, and in doing so, the Bible says they have erred from the faith. Money is a tool to get you away from God. Can be. But it is the love of money. The love of money. Now this morning, I'm not really going to preach. It's more going to be just sort of a lecture. I taught down at uh, Golden State Baptist College for nine years and going down and standing up before college students and giving information. Uh, you stand at, uh, behind a podium and uh, move around a little bit. I can't stand behind a podium as a preacher. And, uh, but I would communicate and just give information. And this morning... As we come towards the end of this stewardship month, I want to just help sum up in your mind some things that will help us in this area of money. Because God said, the love of money is the root of all evil. If some, having coveted after this money, have erred from the faith, The erring from the faith is going to lead them to partaking in evil. So, as a child of God, we don't want to be evil. Last night I was sharing with Deb uh, a video that I saw about a prison that was just opened up. 40,000 cells. 
unbelievable. And this, this prison, it was, it was set up primarily for the drug crowd, the gang crowd, the MS-13, the MS-18 in South America. And with this, you could see these people and they videoed the first 2,000 prisoners being taken in. You know what, what I saw was I saw people without any hope. And these people were people that had been engaged in evil. I don't think that there was a one that was not just covered in tats. From the head all the way down. There, you, you could just see the culture that they were a part of and the destructiveness. We have people sitting here this morning that have tattoos. I'm not attacking you this morning. I'm just, I'm just saying that these individuals, they had been a part of evil and with that now they are paying the consequences and I don't want us to be there I don't want us to find ourselves in a spot and we think well this is no big deal we're, we're just talking about money but the love of money is the root of all evil and so this morning as we look at this I want to speak to you on the subject the root of all evil. Father, I pray that you would take your word this morning. Help me to be able to be a help to these who are here, those that are watching online. Uh, Lord, may uh, tragedy be avoided. May destruction be avoided. May people uh, recognize the great impact that uh, loving money could have on them and their family and their heritage. And so I pray that you would just work now, please, for Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. You see, evil, uh, evil, the love of money is the root of all evil. And money gives people several things. Money gives people power. You know, when you see people with power, oftentimes you see people who start feeling like they can do whatever they want. They lose that accountability. And so money gives people uh, power. Money gives people prestige. Money gives people uh, position. Uh, and when you see this, what happens is people start coveting after that money for what they will gain from it what it will bring to them. Uh, and whether it's the elite politicians that we're talking about to the cartels, uh, from the dealer to the users, uh, uh, one is trying to get more money. One wants to get more money so he could get more drugs. One, uh, the possessions, the take, the give, the take, uh, the uh, big time criminals to the petty thief, money is at the root. Money gives them what they want in life. And money is a tool to be used and stewarded, but as we gain money and as we uh, steward that money, that there is a responsibility that we have to make sure that we control the money and the money does not control us. 
We should not put ourselves in a spot where we are now uh, coveting after that money. Now, the word covet is the word desire. And God's telling us that the love, that desire, uh, that driving force of money, to have more money, it is, it is a trap that many people are going to fall into. But they that will be rich, and the word will be rich is not just talking about those that happen to succeed in life, it is talking about that is their goal. Money should never be your destination. In life, the accumulation of things is no different than the accumulation of money. Right? Don't get quiet on me. So here, what do we find? We find that this is, this is a truth God is wanting us to look at. And he's saying the love of money is the root of all evil. So we're going to look at several uh, observations this morning. Number one, money is inanimate. Money is inanimate. It is not living. And... With this, the love of money is the root of all evil. Love should never, an inanimate object should never be the object of your love. Why, why is that? Uh, because love is relational. Love is relational. You know, we, we talk about uh, Apple has done an amazing job of creating a relationship with a device. How many of you have ever seen an unboxing? I had no idea what an unboxing was. And uh, so many don't either. Okay, all right. So an unboxing, uh, the device comes and they, they wrap it up. People will go onto YouTube and they will video themselves opening up their new phone. It is so, so important to them that they want to share this important uh, place. Now, if somebody has done an unboxing video, I'm not attacking you this morning. I'm just telling you, marketing is amazing. People now have a love for an inanimate object. They love their phone. He said, Pastor, there's no way. Watch a teenager. Watch a teenager. Watch people as they gather together, and they are with somebody, but one of their friends is not there. So what do they do? They ignore the person that they're with to text the people that they're not with. They go out, you go out to eat, and everybody's sitting there on their phone. You know, objects, you say, oh, we're talking, it's relational. We've got to work on this thing of where love belongs. You know, God has made us to be a social 
being. He has made us in his image. And with that, we are to be able to both receive love and give love. And money should not be where our love goes. That's not, where my, that's not where our love goes. That's not where my care, my emotions, my, my thoughts should not be consumed uh, with this thing called the dollar. Money is inanimate. Uh, when there is no relationship, there is no moral compass. Get what I just said. When there is no relationship, there is no moral compass. And when we love money, something that is inanimate, then now there's no, there's no guidelines on what goes. There's no moral compass to guide. Relationships have boundaries. Relationships should have good, healthy boundaries. Amen? Amen? And with that, those relationships, there's those boundaries keep that relationship proper. And when we love money, something that is inanimate, then that money now, uh, there is no moral compass. There are no moral boundaries that are there. And so the, the love of money is the root of all evil because now it opens up Pandora's box. Relationships have boundaries. So number one, money is inanimate. Number two, love is to be reciprocated. You know, that $5 bill, it's not going to show me any love. Now, I can go buy a cup of coffee with it. That's love. I can go buy somebody a cup of coffee with it. But this right here, what it represents, something that's empty. You know how many people in this world, they have money, but they have no love. They have, they have nobody to share life with, and, and that's, a, that's a hard place to be. You know, as a Christian, I'm so thankful that the church is a family. Amen? Because as we have people that come in and sometimes they have no family or a family that is gone or moved away or uh, they don't have somebody to come alongside and love and care about them. Uh, and, and money, there, there are people that have all kinds of money, but uh, love is to be reciprocated. You are to not only give it, you are to be, should be able to receive something back. Let me tell you, that money cannot do anything for you when it comes to love. It can buy you some friends temporarily. Didn't the prodigal find that out? He had all kinds of friends and the riotous living until the famine came and the money was gone and nobody was there. You look at Hollywood and you look at all the drug overdoses. 
Be careful on who we idolize. They have nothing for us. They have money. They may have power. They may have prestige. They might have a position. But they're empty. Don't love something that can't love you back. Don't pour yourself into that which is going to be empty and money is that way. Uh, it is a tool, the love of money. There's nothing wrong with uh, being a good steward and working and saving and investing. Those are biblical principles. There's nothing wrong with that. Accumulation of wealth. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, we need to uh, be good stewards of what God has given us, but we should not be in love with money. Why? Uh, love, money is inanimate. Number two, m- money, uh, the love is to be reciprocated. Uh, uh, then we see, uh, thirdly, that money is a tool to be used, not an object to love or worship. You know, what's, what is Sunday? It's the Lord's Day. Do you know how many people will sacrifice their day for the Lord over a little bit of money? Be quiet. I'm too sick to go to church, but boy, Monday morning, I can't miss work. Why? Money. Maybe I am going to preach a little bit. You see, as, as children of God, and I, and I don't know whether everybody here this morning is saved and a child of God, only you know that, uh, but here as I look around and I see people that I believe uh, are saved and have accepted Christ as their Savior, many uh, that I know, uh, and, and with that, uh, we, we see that money is just a tool to be used. It is not an object uh, to love or to worship. Uh, uh, money is not living and breathing. You know, our worship belongs to God. Our love belongs to Him. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. God loves us this morning. God loves you this morning. God loves you enough to to send His Son down here to this earth that He would come and become flesh. Think about it. An eternal God an infinite God becoming flesh. And here as God became flesh for man, what do we see? He loved us so much that he was willing to come in the form of a man and being willing to submit to his own creation and submit to uh, not just his creation, but to the cruelty of his creation and to suffer for you and for me uh, and even uh, submit to that last enemy called death. Praise the Lord, three days later, he arose. What a blessing. And this morning, we have to recognize that money is just a tool. Money is not about love. And we are not to love money. We are not to worship money. Number four, we are to steward money, not love money. We are to steward money, not love money. That means that we need to manage it. 
We need to control it, not the other way around. And here in this stewardship month, we have talked about stewarding. It is talking about stewarding is the manager of somebody else's resources. And if you're a child of God, what you have is not yours. What you have is God's. And we now are to take what God has given us and allowed us to uh, to use. Uh, we are to steward it for his kingdom. And granted, we get to use it and live by it and allow the, the blessings to come into our life. But I need to use it the way God had intended it to be used. It is a stewardship. It is not a love relationship. We are to steward money, not love money. Bible said, for the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Uh, so we should, be, we should have a desire to be a good steward, not to be rich. Amen. Now, being a good steward, may it re- lead to riches? Yes, it might. God has given to each of us talents, those resources, and those resources were given to each man according to his several ability. He said, well, well, pastor, uh, I'm not rich. I don't have anything to steward. No, we need to steward. And as we are good stewards, what happens? Our stewardship is increased. What happened to these that God gave? Uh, he gave uh, the steward, the, ma- the master gave to the servant uh, these talents. And after they stewarded those talents, God gave them more to manage. You know, What I have now, I could not have stewarded when we first got married. I wasn't in a place where I could have stewarded it. We didn't, there was was a different mindset on stewardship. How many of you, if you could go back, not that you would want to, If you could go back, you would have changed a few things on how you handled your resources. Absolutely. And and with that here, we have to realize that it's about stewardship. Uh, Colossians 3, 5 says, Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, uh, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Now, when I think about idolatry, I think about somebody bowing down to Buddha. I mean, that is my first image in my mind when I think about idolatry. And God says, when you covet what you are doing and what I am doing is that we are placing these things above God in our life. And that's like, that is idolatry. Anything or anybody that comes between us and God is an idol. That can be a job, that can be a bank account, that could be possessions, that could be people. 
Things can become your God. Where you have to have uh, more or nicer or new and improved, the latest. Uh, so, so with that, all of that this morning was introduction. Now, I know that there were points that were there. Now, I'm going to give you three points. All right? And they will be quick, okay? Number one, guide your heart. Guide your heart. Be content. Guide your heart. There are things that we can want. Not, sin, not even sinful things. There are things in this life that we can want. About three weeks ago, I had a Ferrari pull up next to me. Wow. Fast. Fun. <laughs> I mean, I, I sat there and I looked at that and I was like, wow, that'd be so awesome to drive. Now, anything wrong with it? No, but I got to guard my heart. Because if I'm not careful, I can allow something that I desire to control me. So be content. Guide your heart. Be content. He said in uh, 1 Timothy 6, 8, And having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. Uh, so we need to be content. So God, God, guide your heart. Number two, guard your heart. Number one, guide your heart. That is a purposeful direction. Guard your heart. That's defensive. That means that you have to be on guard for what's coming at you. You know the devil, he is firing fiery darts at us. What are we supposed to take? We're supposed to put on the whole armor of God, but we're supposed to take the shield of faith with us. Why? So we can deflect, so we can stop those fiery darts before there's any damage that comes along. He said, but they that will be rich uh, fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. Proverbs 4.23 says, keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. So we need to guide our heart, and that is a direction. We need to guard our heart. That is a protection. And then thirdly, we need to give from the heart. We need to give from the heart. Verse 17, 1 Timothy 6, verse 17. The Bible says, charge them. So this is part of the pastoral epistles. The apostle Paul is telling the young pastor uh, to preach. He's talking to me, the young pastor. And uh, he says, charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded tr and trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. All the blessings that we get to enjoy, they come from God. And those that are rich, those that have the possessions, those that have the resources, we need to be charged to make sure, uh, he says, charge them uh, that they be not high-minded or trust in those riches. Verse 18, that they do good, that they be rich in good works. 
You know, those that are rich in wealth should be rich in good works. When God has blessed with resources, those resources need to be used for good works. Verse 19, laying, he said, I'm sorry, verse 18, that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. Uh, So what do we see here? Uh, If uh, give from your heart, trust in God. He is the one that gives us richly all things to, do, uh, that, to enjoy. He said, do good. Use the resources for good works. Use the resources that God has given us and blessed us with uh, to do good with it. Not for selfish desires. Not just for the, the acclaim of, look at me, what I have done. It's not, it's not for us to gloat. He said, don't be high-minded. It's not for us to, to just uh, try, to, try to build up a uh, resource for ourselves. He said, do good. He said, ready to distribute. Now, that ready means that we should be prepared. And the distribute here is talking about distributing the riches that you have. The wealth. He said, use it, ready to distribute, not ready to hoard, not ready to just keep it all. It was ready to distribute. And then he said, willing, he said, ready to distribute, willing to communicate. And this communicate is literally to give. And so, what do we find? We find that as we look at this area of stewardship, we're not to love money. We need to to, to guide our heart. We need to guard our heart, but then we need to give from the heart. He said, lay up for for themselves a good foundation against the time to come. Are you saved this morning? Are you saved? Are you ready To meet the Lord. You know, for us to be ready, that means that we've got things prepared. Ladies, you let's say that we start to walk out of church, and your husband looks over and said, I invited the Franklins and Pastor Mrs. Brown and the Clemens and the Gatlins, and they're all coming over to the house for dinner this afternoon. How many thinks that they would be dead? (laughs) Yeah, my wife is raising her hand. Why? Because... She wouldn't have been prepared. You know, one day we're going to see the Savior. Right now is preparation day. Right now. Right now is the time to live for Him. 
Right now is the time to witness for him and, and testify for him. Right now is the time uh, to tell other people about him. Right now is the time uh, to invest in, in the gospel. It's, a, it's the time to, uh, to do what we can for him, to be that steward that he would want us to be. It's all in preparation, laying up in store, because we're going to see him. Now, if you're here this morning and you're not saved, you can't go back in your mind to a time and a place where you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You're not prepared for that day. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die, but after this, the judgment. You say, well, I'll find out when I, when I die. Too late. You see, the Bible tells us that we are condemned already. And for that condemnation to change, we by faith have to accept what Jesus Christ has already done on the cross. And that gift is freely offered, but we have to receive it. If you've never received Jesus, let me tell you, he's worthy of your faith. And all across the auditorium, people can testify how good he is. I'm so thankful that I'm a Christian. I'm so thankful that I'm a child of God. What a blessing. Now, here in this area of stewardship, we have to look at this area about money. It's the root of all evil. Don't, don't get sucked into allowing your life to be con controlled by the dollar. Father, I pray that you'd help us this morning. Thank you for these who are here, those that are watching online. And, and Lord, help all of us to look into our own life and see where we're at. Maybe we have become a little bit too in tune with, uh, with money. Maybe uh, the accumulation, maybe the frugality of, of never spending. We are, we are just caught up in this thing of money and we, we have allowed money to become our God, I pray that you would help us. Help us, Lord, to guide our heart. Help us to guard our heart. And then, Lord, help us to give uh, with our heart. Lord, you have loved us and you gave. Help us, Lord, to use what you have given to us to give to others. So I pray that you bless now. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. Uh, short invitation this morning. I don't know what the Lord put on his...